pray to Cthulhu children. Leave your dead marine life out under the Christmas tree. Cthulhu awakens. Happy Festivus and welcome into the fourth mother box. Ladies and gentlemen, Cthulhu praisers from all around the world. We are back and better than ever with this special Festivus holiday episode. I guarantee you will be better than the Star Wars holiday special. I am Tom Oakery. Joining me as always is Kyle Cosentino out there in blizzardful Chicago, Illinois. Kyle, how the fuck are you today? I'm fucking cold. Yeah, you know, um, the whole country is seemingly getting hit with uh, some Arctic weather. Even Florida, everyone's freaking out because it's going to be below like 50 degrees. Like, everybody calm down. We're all transplants in this state, okay? We're equipped to handle it for a day or two. Like, Christ. What are you guys, like, wearing? A, uh, everybody's wearing, like, a sweater now for the first time in, yeah. like, a couple years. Pretty much, pretty much. The only reprieve we got was after the hurricanes, but then now we're finally getting some real winter weather. Let me tell you something about, like, the weather here and what really grinds my gears. Please. Like, it really fucking annoys the shit out of me. This Anytime, could be the first official airing of grievances for Festivus because I got a couple to air myself, oh, it, so go right it, ahead. It's, it's, it's the very first one, okay? And I'm sure if you're from Chicago or any cold place in the Midwest, this happens here too. But, you know... I was just com- I was coming home from work yesterday, and I said, you know what? I needed a few things from the grocery store, and maybe many of you know where this is going. But any time that the news or social media or anybody suggests that there might be a, a storm that might be a little bit more than mild, everybody freaks out, and they have to run to the grocery store like it's the end of the fucking world. And it drives me fucking batshit, okay? Like... Just because they announced that there's going to be a little snow, which I looked outside this morning, there's not that much snow outside, okay? If you live in Chicago, this is nothing new, people. Doesn't mean you have to run to the store like it's going to be fucking Armageddon tomorrow. And, like, everybody in the world is at the grocery store. Everybody. There are no carts. There's no, like, no food on the shelves. It is fucking mayhem. Like, seriously, what the fuck? And then everybody drives like a, a dumbass. It, it just blows my mind how people act sometimes with a little bit of a change, right? Like, it's not a tornado. It's not fucking nuclear war. It's a little snowstorm. And it, it's a little bit colder than usual, okay? No need to go fucking insane. So that really grinds my gears. I wanted to dropkick, like, like five old ladies at the grocery store yesterday. I'm not, I'm not sorry for saying that either. So don't be, um, don't be, let it, let it, let it be the first airing of grievance. Good. Okay. So I just wanted like some eggs and cheese and that's it. I didn't want to do like a whole thing, but everybody's there with their brother and sister acting like, you know, it's mayhem and chaos. Kyle just wanted his eggs and cheese for his red wine at night while all the snow was coming down and he got up in his little blanket looking outside, watching reruns of well, Hallmark Christmas movies. Well, your mother was coming over, so that that was the other part of it. I mean, she was she was really encouraging me to get you know the necessary right. things to get prepared for right. the uh, the late night we had ahead of us. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I, I, I can hear you <laughs> laughing at yourself already, but that's okay, Kyle. Soak it in because last night on Jedi Talk, which was debuted this morning, our holiday special, I started the Festivus airing of grievances, and I started with Evan T. Boucher. He got it first. So if you want to hear what I gave to Evan. Please go listen to the most recent Jedi Talk episode because today on this show, which I said on Jedi Talk, today on this fourth mother box, I've got grievances to air about every single member of Scourge. So let's start with you, Tim Marciano. The Festivus airing of grievances kicks off for Scourge as we focus on my fellow member of the rhythm section, Tim Marciano. Legend has it. it what? Yes. Legend has it is if you enter Oak Forest, you're greeted by rolling fog followed by a Toyota Corolla blasting Bayside. If you're unlucky enough to be caught by the Corolla, you're stuck listening to Tim because he's driving it. Explain what went wrong with the Chicago White Sox from the moment the 2005 season ended. Did you all know that Tim was on the island of misfit toys in the Christmas classic stop-motion picture Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? He's way in the back, and you have to look real hard, but if you watch the credits, you'll see Tim Marciano credited for playing the role of, of Chumby, the prototype Gumby that gave kids cancer. Now remember, kids, the media will lie to you about many things, but believe them when they say Slender Man exists. If he catches you, you'll be doomed for life to spend it in the basement of the drummer of a failed local metal band surrounded by every cologne Abercrombie and Fitch has released since 1996. 
But hey, guys, at least you're spending you know some time with the world's two of the world's most adorable pit bulls I've ever met. But in all seriousness, Tim is one of my oldest and best friends. We both share the ineptability to be the only two people in Scourge that are on the same page. So now, Brad Hughes is up next. Here we come to Scourge's newest member on rhythm guitar, Brad Hughes. Now you folks at home may actually know Brad from social media outlets. Yeah, just not Jedi Talk, but he's fairly infamous for his cancellation on Twitter for tweeting jokes from 2012 when he was failing comedy. Or if you don't know about the Twitter drama, there's the drama he's caused at Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Reddit, Parlor, Tumblr, DeviantArt, FetLife, eHarmony, JPay, FarmersOnly.com, BlackPeopleMeet.com, and most recently, Christian Mingle. The only social media site Brad hasn't been booted from yet is, ironically, 4chan. They seem to really like him over at 4chan. So when Brad joins 4th Motherbox to surprise Kyle, it's typically because I had to go pick him up and take him home because I got a call from the local ABC liquor store that Brad was accosting the proprietor for not stocking Old Smoky Tennessee Salted Caramel Whiskey. It's why Brad has so many apology podcast episodes. The court agreement is for every Star Wars Disney Plus episode that Brad breaks down in his garage at 3 in the morning, he has to record a 20-minute apology episode for the California residents he's offended. So now Brad has a lot of problems, serious ones that require compassion, care, attentiveness, that only trained professionals, not Kyle, with medical degrees can treat. But unfortunately for Brad, every doctor who has agreed to take on his case immediately ghosts him when they take a look at his birth certificate and see that he was born in Alabama. There's no fixing that. Go LSU Tigers. But in all seriousness, I'll never forget being able to experience Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser with Brad as a true core memory in my life. I'm never going to spoon with anyone harder in my life. I can't ra- wait to rule t- the world together with Scourge. So finally, we come to my co-host. Now we get to the supreme idiot. My co-host of fourth mother box, Kyle Cosentino. <laughs> I have the most problems with Kyle, mostly thanks to his internet service provider. Like, are you the only one keeping Cricket Wireless in business with their pay-as-you-go internet? You probably can't even hear me right now cutting in and out. Or is it because you're admiring your latest purchase from Wayfair that's up on your wall and reads, the fondest memories are made gathered around the table? Which is ironic for Kyle because unless there's a booster seat, he can't see above the table. So believe it or not, Kyle somehow made it through four years of college. He stayed up late studying, cramming for exams. And Two made, years of grad school, yeah, too, yeah, jackass. Yeah, yeah, shut up. This is my, my spotlight. You'll get yours. He stayed up late studying, crammed for exams, and made sure to call home every Sunday night. And I know he would call home because I was the one who answered the phone every time before handling it to his mother. I'd normally take a shower when they talked, but Kyle worked hard oh, just to counsel the next generation of young adults who can't decide what fabric softener to buy. After single-handedly keeping Sons of Anarchy on the air, Kyle shifted his focus to putting a bunch of energy into not knowing how to properly book a Walt Disney World vacation. I mean, I'm not even kidding, guys. Without me, he would end up booking the Magic Castle Inn and he'd take a shuttle to Fun Spot. Even with me living in Florida, Kyle still missed rope drop at Magic Kingdom as he waited for the shovel no one knew existed at that car rental place next to the Speedway outside of Magic Kingdom. At least you didn't have to worry about the battery of a scooter dying out on you over there. The All-Star Resort has a picture of you behind the counter that says, Do not talk to this man. He only asks questions about buying Sensi diffusers. So, in all seriousness, Kyle's my best friend and has made evident on this podcast. I'm being completely serious about that part. We've bled and we've toured the Midwest together, having watched many a large fall at Walt Disney World. You might not be able to see him, but I promise Kyle will be standing there behind the rest of Scourge during our 2023 show since we're all over six foot forever. And you're short, but you think you're not. Happy Festivus, everybody. Well, that was a uh, a really well-rehearsed and probably written out uh, recycled list of jokes that you've made for the past 10 years. So thank you for... Um, Letting us all hear that once again for the 500th millionth time. I'm really surprised by your grievances with the one Tim Marciano. I feel like he never gets any grievances other than from me. But, you know, I, I, you know, I have a mouth, big mouth, and I just I go at everybody and anybody. So, wow, that was um, that was really well done. I, I didn't uh, I didn't write anything out. I, I mean, know you I, did. I definitely will just go off of the cuff like like normal. <laughs> and I definitely won't stumble through anything. Fuck you, Brad. Okay, you deserve every every minute of uh, that grievance that you just got from a uh, you know firecrotch boy over there. 
course, he had to include a mother joke. I mean, that's pretty typical. Did you not so, include one? Like, as the show opened, so yeah. On, well, mine, mine was mine was classy. Your and well delivered. Yours, yours was just like you know, tailored to like the fifth grade class. So, All um, right. go on. So yeah, I'll let you do the talking uh, since you tend to crumble yourself. So implode, Kyle. In, implode, Kyle. Okay. Um, well, I'm surprised you didn't include James Gunn on on this list. Ooh, I should have. Uh, I should have. You really should have, because this guy single-handedly is is uh, has just decimated the DCEU, and at the moment, a lot of people are pretty pissed. And I think my my grievance of this man is that we don't know what the fuck is going on. This this jackass comes to us from the Marvel universe, which is the first wrong move okay so you can't you can't shove marvel into the dceu and and secondly he does the one thing that like you know of all the problems of the dceu and and i will admit that there are problems and inconsistencies and things that they just fucked up but of all the things that you do you decide to get rid of the greatest superman we've ever seen on the big screen is one henry cavill seriously this is this is your first big move. He's like, oh, I'm gonna come in and and do something innovative and write a Superman origin story because nobody has seen that before. There hasn't been a billion TV shows where we've seen that before, and and shoehorn some some new actor that's probably gonna give us, you know, at least two to three poop jokes per movie. So it's like. W- you know, just because you have success with Guardians of the Galaxy doesn't make you a successful director. I personally, have, you know, I would say like I never super got into Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm not going to say it's a, they're bad movies, but they wouldn't again wouldn't be my first pick. And he did while he did well with Suicide Squad, uh, the re-release or like the newer whatever yeah, that is. I don't even know anymore. Whatever the hell that's called, yeah. Is that even still a part of the universe? Is that a, are they going to soft soft reboot again? Like what what is that? I pray to but, God that that they uh, don't like or that they just completely revamp that too. Because I don't. It's just it's going to be a bad look if Gunn continues on with the Suicide Squad because that was his right. Like he employed his wife in in Black Adam and in Peacemaker. I don't know. It just it would be a weird look, you know. I don't know. I think there's a certain sense of bias here. I really do because it's. It is just ridiculous, like especially when you look at the box office numbers. I'm like, if you watch Man of Steel, like this is a good movie. Like, no bias here. I'm serious. I would call it like I see it. Like I was the one who didn't like Birds of Prey. Okay, so and I love Harley Quinn. I love Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Um, Ewan McGregor as Black, uh, you know, Black Mask. I mean, okay, who would have thought that would have been bad? But it was bad. Hey, Kyle. Okay, Tom disagrees. Yeah, yeah, I do. But real quick, I have some breaking disney news that i actually just saw come across the docket I, I'm, I'm serious for the first okay. for the first time in four or five years maybe i have absolutely no idea but the walt disney world magic kingdom railroad the walt disney world railroad has posted operating hours today from 10 to 6 and is running around magic kingdom what this is what the fuck amazing breaking this is breaking news this is breaking why news. Of all the things that took so long, why is why did like a train ride around the park take so long to Tron. come back? It was Tron, because they they had to move the track for where they were building Tron. They had to make a little special area, so Tron shut it okay. down. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's uh, that is awesome and great and really great, um, amazing news, and it warrants a uh, trip down to Disney World just to get back on that train. Yes, sir. Now back to James Gunn. Please. Back to James Gunn. Thank you. Okay. So. Um, I feel like I read new articles every day and, you know, there's just no consistency anymore. We don't know what's going on with anything. So we don't know what the status of, you know, Ben Affleck's Batman is or Ezra Miller's Ezra Miller's The Flash um, or even Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. All we know is, is that Henry Cavill is out. You know, that big reaction that broke the Internet uh, when, you know, at the uh, Easter egg scene in Black Adam, that... That was nothing, okay? Audience didn't like that, okay? Everybody raved about that for fucking yep. weeks on end. Yep. But the first, first decision you're going to make is we're going to rewrite Superman. Now, this man, Henry Cavill, is a great actor. He has been screwed twice by two of my favorite roles, and he deserves better, especially for Superman, because 
this movie came out, Man of Steel 1 came out in 2013, people. Okay? This was when Andrew Garfield was still Spider-Man. So it was it was a bit of a time ago. Okay? So it was a long time ago. This is when Iron Man 3 came out and bombed at the box office, but for some reason it's still hailed as, as a great movie by Marvel fans alike because they have shit for brains. Um... But, like, why why do this? This makes no sense. And then, to further add insult to injuries, injuries like, now I'm reading articles like, mm, who says, James Gunn commented on Twitter or something like that, and he's like, he who says Gal Gadot is not still Wonder Woman? And Zachary Levi came out recently and said, there's no, um, there's nothing that says that I don't have a future, or, you know, everything seems fine for me in Shazam, um, we don't know the status of Jason Momoa. I mean, I think that's pretty silent. And certainly, of all the people who didn't get canceled, we still have The Flash. Ezra <laughs> Miller is The Flash. Now, what world are we living in? Okay, so again, I am not saying that the DCU didn't have its problems, but James Gunn, what the fuck? Seriously, this is a a great franchise that has a lot of passionate fans. Okay, there's a lot of great comic book stories um, even outside of Batman, Batman just tends to have the most, okay, like, you know, we all know this, but like, why is this being so mishandled? Why can't we just get on a good slate? I mean, granted, like it's had a, a, a bumpy year, uh, you know, a couple bumpy, a uh, few years here, but seriously, this is ridiculous. After 10 years, you're going to reboot the universe and recast everybody. Like, I, I think, I don't know, yeah, but I, uh, it seems to be the case. And you know the only the only saving grace that I'll give him is that he's drawing inspiration from the one Justice League Unlimited animated series. Now this wasn't your ordinary cartoon. This wasn't. This was actually a really well written animated series. Like you don't get this shit anymore. You just don't. And if if you're a Marvel fan and you've never watched like DC's animated, this is where you should start. Batman the animated series, Justice League Unlimited, because. You know, while I was kind of geared towards kids, there's surprisingly some like great writing and, and voice casting was phenomenal. Can I actually stop you so, there real quick? Um, sure. Um, there's there's a report, or uh, potentially a tweet from James Gunn that he actually said they're drawing inspiration for the DCU from that Justice League animated series and the Young Justice animated series. So that's something to think about. So uh, while that's not a bad that that is actually a good thing to do. It is okay, but are we going to get another recast of Batman? Are we going to have another Batman? I mean, how many Batmans do we have now? Well, because right, right Matt now, Reeves Robert Batman. Yeah. Matt Reeves. I mean, it's obviously probably not going to be Ben Affleck because they're probably going to go with somebody younger, which probably should have done in the first place. But you know, whatever. But I don't see Matt Reeves as Batman. I guess everything's going to hinge on the Batman, too, because we only got like, you know, three hour, just under a three hour movie of this world. It it seems like it, it exists on its own, but it maybe it can, maybe it can't. We just don't know yet. There's no real mention of the meta human uh, meta universe in that movie. It was very adult, you know, so I don't know if this will fit into the Justice League, uh, you know, kind of thing. The, the Justice League Unlimited series is is more kind of bright. It's less dark. So I don't know if that's that's what they're going to, their go-to is going to be, is like, let's just recreate a Marvel Universe and, and make it Justice League, which I think is a wrong move. Because, like, it's not hard to write dark a dark uh, story, right? I mean, it, it is a good contrast to the marvel cinematic universe marvel is is bright right this is a there's a lot of comedy a lot of humor um not always the best villains i mean very rarely the best villains and i mean it's just that's what it is people like that i'm not gonna you know deny that i mean marvel has done really well but like you know these they have an opportunity to write a, a darker you know more adult toned universe and that's not something they can't do just because little Tommy, little five-year-old Tommy can't go see it, it does. It's, you know, it's not going to alienate like the children. I mean, people don't give a shit about that anyway. They'll take their kids to any show. It just doesn't matter. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm with you. Look, uh, like these, these, these franchises, they can cater to all age groups because there's tons of like young DC hero animated shows that are out there for like kids five and under. You know, there's 
specific comics out for them. And then the, it's, the same thing kind of goes with Star Wars. I saw some mouth breathers out there on the internet bitch, saying, like, Star Wars is for kids, though. This shit shouldn't be so bad. And it's like, Star Wars isn't for kids. Like, it is and it isn't. Like, they don't give a shit. If Star Wars was just for kids, they wouldn't have put Andor out. Regardless of what you think of Andor, Andor was dark, um, gritty, and like an adult show. They wouldn't have put Andor That out. brings me to my second, oh, uh, or our third grievance, is Andor. Okay? You, and you, all you the Andor fans. Oh, I watched enough of it. I watched enough of it to know this is a piece of fucking trash. Make an ass of yourself. Such a piece piece of fucking trash. Worse than Rogue One, okay? And if I ever decide that, you know what, I'm going to try and give this the rest of this this TV show a chance, I I think I'm not going to be, I think I'm going to be very disappointed. Because it started off boring, and I'm pretty sure it probably ends boring. And every fucking Star Wars fan out there is like, oh my god, it's the best Star Wars ever. And it just, it's not. It's not. It shouldn't be up for any fucking awards. Oh my god, this is the worst shit ever. It's not even Star Wars. And like I keep reading articles like this is the Star Wars show that fans have been clamoring about for years and years. It's not even fucking Star Wars. There's nothing Star Wars about this show. You could have called it anything else, but it is not Star Wars. It's not. I mean like you know, even the Mandalorian didn't really have lightsabers as much or the force. I mean, but it still exists in the Star Wars universe. You still feel that, that similar tone. Like, it is it is still star, very much Star Wars. I'm not saying you can't deviate from, you know, pew pew and, and lightsabers. But holy fuck, this was just the most boring trash ever. So I, I'm, I'm, I don't think I would change my mind. I mean, even, again, like, if... If somebody challenged me to watch the rest of it, I, I, and and I liked it. I would, I would do a full retraction and admit to it that I was wrong. But I don't think I will. I will because I've watched Rogue One three times, trying to like the movie, and I just can't. And uh, it's, I, it's just objectively bad and unnecessary. It's the most boring trash ever. Even with a cast of great actors, it is just objectively bad. So. Please no more Andor. I know that's never going to come true, but we're going to get like 40 more seasons of this and every Star Wars fan is going to act like a, an idiot over it. I'm surprised I'm in uh, in line with with Brad and Evan on this. Like, holy shit, how would that ever happen? Terrible. I think you're... Terrible, actually, terrible, terrible. Yeah, all right, shut up. I think you're actually the one who's the... like. You hate it the most because I don't think Brad feel like and Evan feels like Evan likes it a little bit more than Brad I think, and like Brad doesn't even cut it as as hard as you do, right? Um, but that's fine. It's your opinion. That is your opinion. Well, it's it's the fourth mother box. I have to be a little bit more expressive than usual. I mean, I'm I'm sure somewhere in there there was some redeeming qualities somewhere in the show, right? I've listened to you guys talk about it. Like, you know, I know even Brad and Evan have talked about, you know, there were some positive highlights from the show. I'm sure there was, but like, this is, I don't know, it, it's, it was more boring than church for me. Like, and that's, and I love Star Wars. I can rewatch the entire, you know, Skywalker trilogy a million times. Same thing with Mandalorian and a lot of the other stuff that they've come out with, except for maybe the animated stuff. But the, I love this universe, it, but this is just not, if, if all the shows go in this direction, I will cease to be a Star Wars fan. I have an idea. I have an idea. And you can think on it, right? I'm going to be there with Brad. Scourge is doing some stuff in, what, like three weeks or something? I'm staying with you. Courtney, me, Brad. Okay. We're we're coming out. Um, Why don't we record a special episode of Fourth Mother Box and watch what I think to be the best episode of Andor is? And we can give live commentary on it. You, me, and Brad can do it. Okay, so what is this, like episode 11? I think you guys are saying 9 or 11 or something like that. I'd have to go in and pick, but let me think about it. But we would all watch it together, and we can pause. We could just You can give live commentary on what you think. You can watch the recap. I could tell you what's happened up to this point. Just see. It could be fun. Well, you know, it just so happens that I don't really have much else to watch, but, like, I might I might try to watch it okay. now that I'm, I have off for almost two weeks, but... I just like I don't I don't want to be bored. I don't want to be like forcing myself to try and pay attention to this show because like it was it was a real struggle getting through the first three. Like a real struggle. I've like, I've said the first three are, are fairly boring. The first two for sure are boring and until the end of the third episode, which I never saw which which Star Wars stupidly spoiled 
Well, I was like roped back in. I'm like, okay, I can give this another try. And it just, it got better for me particularly. But I keep saying, like, I understand the people. I, I do understand people who don't like it. It's your opinion. I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't But like you know it. what? Like, I'm the rare, I'm the rare one because it's almost unanimous with this show is that everyone loves it. There's no toxic Star Wars fanboys except for me. I'm the toxic Star Wars fanboy. Every every article that I've ever read under Andor, like 99% of the comments are positive. Now, I look for the negative ones and they're just not there. It's like one rare comment that might be like, this show sucks, but it's just not there. I'm like, now, Tom, you've got to admit, you never probably have seen anything like that for Star Wars because the Star Wars fan base is pretty is pretty uh awful <laughs> no you say if you say that empire strikes back is you didn't like it or if you were so so on it then people will come at you and burn you at the stake or if you say you know you know there's there's stuff like if you say luke skywalker if you say ray was better than luke skywalker and give like an actual competitive or not competitive but like a cohesive argument people will just be like mary sue mary sue like they exist but 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 you're right you're right it's it's very rare to have like a heaving amount. I'm talking 70% or better of the fans be on the same page about something from Star Wars. I mean, The Mandalorian, everybody seems to fucking love The Mandalorian. So I... I, I like, I, I I haven't yet met That's somebody true. about, somebody about The Mandalorian who has is, who is said something truthfully poor about the series that I could say, okay, you're right, I see your point. Haven't met that person yet. But, um, Kyle, I want to go back to DC real quick. Um, you would just want to kind of give our... You know, you and I talked about giving like our 10 year plan on the DCU. Um, just like, yeah, J- let's J- do that. Yeah. Just like let's James, do that. James Gunn and Peter Safran says they're giving to the Warner brothers in the next, like, and James Gunn even said, we should get a couple of movies uh, announcements in January. So we'll be looking forward to that. But um, I'm going to fly through mine. I actually wrote out year by year, the movies that I want to see from 2023 to 2033. So start to finish here, Kyle, we can, quickly chat about it and then I want to hear yours because I'm quite interested in where you'd like to take this um, uh, plan this DCU so first and foremost uh, look I'm assuming this and I'm going along with this saying that the Batman is an Elseworlds movie Joker is an Elseworlds movie and I'm going to get into my idea with the Elseworlds movie in a second but let's just assume that everything's starting from slate so you start with the Flash you keep the Flash movie that's coming out next year you keep it for this point and this point only. By the way, Kyle, did you see the news? We're getting a, a proper trailer for that uh, during the Super Bowl. The Flash. Yeah, and uh, what is that, February? Early February, yes. So about a month or so, a month, a couple of weeks. Um, and we'll be yeah, God knows God knows what that's going to be about. They should keep it I, you know away what I from really, Ezra I have... and just show Keaton the whole time. That's all they got to do. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting because if this is like the Spider-Man's No Way Home and this does really well at the box office, DC's going to be like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. We'll see. But all right, so have the Flash. Keep everything you want to keep in it, but make it a Flashpoint paradox that completely resets it all. It completely resets it all. Now, what I should say before I get forward and start talking about the movies, um, Brad and I were talking about this yesterday. He asked me to, like, type or not type like fan cast these people i don't know yet i haven't spent that much time on it yet i'll do that at a later episode but in 2024 after the flashpoint paradox resets it all you start with you have three movies in 2024 you do a solo superman movie you do a solo batman movie and you do a solo wonder woman movie okay and 2025 you have the trinity movie which is just a superman batman wonder woman movie it's a team up it's how they find out about each other in this movie, I say you introduce The Flash because we just got a, a Flash movie with Ezra Miller. At this time, Ezra Miller is no longer The Flash. We get our new Flash. We get his intro because we don't need a solo movie for everybody. This is this is the theme of my thing. So we don't need a solo movie for everybody. You can coherently introduce these good characters together. But you for DC, DC's bread and butter, the mashed potatoes, and the, the, the everything else that goes along with it relies on the, the shoulders of three characters, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. You build around them. So in this Trinity movie, you uh, you intro the Flash. In the end credit scene, you get a, an appearance by Green Lantern, just like Snyder wanted at the end of his, his uh, Justice League cut. Um, and then in the same year, in 2025, we get a, an Aquaman Throne of Atlantis movie. Um, 
I don't know about you, Kyle, but that's one of my favorite animated movies from the DC animated universe, and I think that would work so really? well. Yeah, I think it would work well. I live action. I don't like that one. I I didn't like that one as much, mainly because there was like Batman was just almost non-existent in that movie. <laughs> but it was about Aquaman. I mean, it was a Justice League it, movie, though. Yeah, I see but what you're saying. It, there's there's nothing like that last one. Like you know, um, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Holy fuck, oh, yeah. that was just. I'm getting there actually. Like Mike. That was like a mic drop. It that was. was an amazing. That's like that is like quintessential DC uh, animated yep. writing. Like <laughs> amazing. Yep. Unbelievable. Caught me off guard. Me too. I was just watching that. Just like this was thinking this is just something else to watch. But yeah, blew me away. Same here. Um, so in 2026, we get our Green Lantern Corps movie, mainly featuring John Stewart as our main Green Lantern. You can have Al Jordan in it and everybody else. All the other lanterns. Sinestro better be in it as a Green Lantern, and then we see him turn. Um, and then I'd like to see Martian Manhunter in that movie. Martian Manhunter doesn't need a solo movie, but he's out there in the universe, and him and the Green Lanterns probably run into each other, right? Um, and then later in 2026, how about we have a good old Superman-Batman team-up film? Um, kind of similar to what they do quite a bit, um, like in the anime World's series. Finest. Yeah, World's Finest. Exactly, Kyle. Thank you. Um, 2027, Wonder Woman 2. Um, the plot of this would be Queen, her, uh, the Queen dies, Wonder Woman's mother dies, uh, and Diana has to go back and deal with Themyscira, and she runs into a bunch of stuff. And then in 2027, I would have a Legion of Doom movie. Now, leading up to this part, we've, pro we've had villains introduced in this universe, and then we see them start to get together. Maybe Lex Luthor and the Joker hatch a little bit of a plan to take down the people that are a thorn in their sides. Um, 2028, we get Superman 2. But in Superman 2, I want uh, Lois Lane almost dies and Superman disappears at the end. Comes in the movie we get later in the year, Suicide Squad fighting Darkseid. Darkseid invades Earth because he senses that Superman is missing. Can't find him, but he notices his presence is gone. So Amanda Waller and everybody else, including you know some other heroes that are around right now that aren't looking for Superman, which is Batman. He's looking for Superman, so he's not in this movie. Um, Suicide Squad fights the dark fights Dark Side, so you got a bunch of classic Suicide Squad characters. So they somehow fight him off, or Dark Side decides to leave um, on his own will. And then in 2029, we get Justice League Apocalypse War, uh, which we see the return of Superman after Batman finds him. Batman is mortally well, almost killed at the end of this movie, like it's a cliffhanger. He may or may not be dead. And then the movie at the end of this year would be Batman Beyond where we get a Bruce Wayne who's matured, uh, but s still can handle himself, but teaches Terry McGinnis to be the Batman. Uh, 2030, if um, the WEF hasn't taken us down by then. Um, the Legion of Doom 2, um, Joker and the Reverse Flash. Kyle, listen to this one. Joker and the Reverse Flash, ha Flash hatch a plan to get the Injustice Superman from a different timeline and bring him into the world to fight their Superman and try to kill him. Um... So during that time, they actually pulled the Elseworld and Justice Superman into this world, and that Elseworld Superman is Henry Cavill, who follows the line of what Zack Snyder's plan would have been to if he would have went down that nightmare timeline and turned, and we had that nightmare scenario. We have Superman 3, where Lois Lane dies, right? Our Lois Lane, the, the main one, dies, you know, probably by the hands of that Injustice Super, uh, Justice Superman. 2031, we get Gotham Knights involving Bruce and our favorite Gotham, um, like non-Batman Gotham characters. Uh, Green Lantern tune at the end there, just to keep Green Lantern fans happy. 2032, we get a Wonder Woman vs. Aquaman movie that explores a little bit of the, uh, you know, war that the Amazons and the uh, Atlanteans had um, there. And then Shazam, The Return of Black Adam is the movie we get at the end of 2032. You don't need to give Black Adam a solo movie since, since we already got one and you don't, you don't need to rehash that. Just have a Shazam vs. Black Adam movie. Everybody knows who, these, who, who they are already. And then finally, this would all culminate, Kyle, in 2033 with a Justice League Crisis on Infinite Earths. A clash that would include our infinite... Now, this is a pipe dream, but our... Our Henry Cavill's, our Jason Momoa's, our Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman clashing with the new the new uh, breed of, of, of hero in a crisis on Infinite Earth. Maybe maybe you could fight them and all the Snyder, Snyder characters could die. I don't care. I just think that'd be a nice little way to wrap that up. 
I, I like that vision. I think I would have a similar vision, and I didn't I didn't really write it down, but I, I had a lot of thoughts about like, yeah. where I would take this universe. Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. Um, well, you know, I think it, it might be an interesting thing to explore. I mean, starting this universe with the Flash, the Flashpoint. I mean, could you imagine, like, something that's never done before? It's like you start a universe with, with these characters, people, you know, I'm invested. I'm not going to comment about the other idiots out there, but... You're invested in these characters, and then Flashpoint happens, where it resets the universe, and all of a sudden we have a new Flash. We have, um, you know, we have new Superman, Batman, everybody, right? And and I think you had a good idea with about you know how this might start and how this might end. Like I think, you know, we live in a day and an age where, you know, we're bringing back nostalgic characters like Michael Keaton's Batman. Uh, you know, obviously in the Flashpoint and like, you know, like we've seen in Spider-Man No Way Home, which almost like, you know, decimated the box office. Um, so I think, you know, Hollywood understands that people really love this. And I think people, you know, if unless you're like completely oblivious to this universe, we all know that everybody loved Henry Cavill as Superman. Again, it's like the Andor comments. It is unanimous. I don't really meet anybody who really doesn't like Henry Campbell. Like, I haven't really read about it. I mean, I think there's still some love for Christopher Reeve. I mean, rightfully so. That was like, that's old school nostalgia. But, you know, this is, he doesn't fit in our universe. He doesn't fit in our world today. And, and, and Christopher Reeve was a good Superman. I'm not going to deny that. I grew up with those movies like Michael Keaton. Um, Henry Campbell is still my favorite. But again, you know, that's beside the point. But I think it's like, you know, instead of centering it around Superman, maybe you should center it center it around Batman because Batman is is their biggest is their biggest gun, and there's so many great characters and villains in this in this universe already. And then really start to branch out from there. I like the team up movies that you talked about, where where it was like the Trinity or World's Finest with Batman and Superman. This is this is the. Uh, this is the real meat of the DC universe. And again, you could pull in some storylines. Like there's like the Dark Knight Metal universe that was like oh, really yeah. cool. The Joker um, looks, looks fucking wild like, in that. They call him the Batman who laughs. Yeah. And it's actually a pretty intricate story. I, m- I remember I was like reading it bored at work once. And I was like really surprised at how well written it was. So again, people, if you really hated the DCEU or you don't understand it or, you, or you're laughing at it because you're an idiot, go and read some of the comics. There's some great, great, well-written stories that will really make you appreciate these characters for what they are and uh, not for, you know, the massive mishandling of WB. Um, I think they should definitely take a few cues from Marvel and the way they wrote their universe. Like, don't try to just throw everything together like they did for Justice League. Don't do that. You know, build these characters up. Make us understand their story, you know, uh, and then put them together. I mean, I think maybe you could put, like Tom was saying, you could put uh, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman together, you know, in a movie. And it'll make sense. Like, you, you could kind of do that. But don't start throwing in, like, characters that people don't really know very well. Like Aquaman, for example. Like, people don't really know him very well. Cyborg, people don't really know. People know The Flash from, you know, the TV show, but that's that's not really... That's like soap opera Flash. It's not really the Flash Flash, right? So, um, I, I would start there. Definitely have, uh, you know, Darkseid be a big part of this universe. You know, he's the master manipulator. It just makes sense. Kind of like what Thanos did. But maybe take some some changes, you know, maybe not wait so long for him to show up. Maybe he's just kind of like the kind of the boogeyman in the background, kind of like Lord Voldemort. I mean, Lord Voldemort stood on his own and, and barely made an appearance in the Harry Potter franchise and was a, a huge, hugely effective uh, antagonist. I mean, you don't even see this guy until the fourth. You don't really see him until the, the end of the fourth book. And yeah. then after that, he's just like. He is just like in the background and he's looming on every, in, you know, in everybody's minds. Um, and even in the fifth book, which I'm actually rereading right now, you don't see him. You don't hear about him for like the whole book. I mean, uh, well, you don't see him, but I mean, people obviously talk about him, but like you don't see him until again in the end. And even in the sixth book, 
like you don't see him again. Like he's not really a part of the book. I mean, like he is, but he isn't. So it's, it's like if you read those books, you understand what I mean. It's not really until the last last move, yeah. last book that she, he's like he is a presence. He is he is there. He's a part of the storyline. He's you know um, for everybody to see, and that was really well done. And I think they could take some really good cues from that. You know, make him the boogeyman in the background. Um, <laughs> I love it. I think the I think the multiverse should very much be a part of this because let's face it. The Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League didn't get, get a great send-off, uh, especially Henry Cavill. Like, I, I'll i be honest, I'll be really surprised if we don't see him again as Superman. Like, I just, I think fans are really upset. I know I am. Like, that was probably the most upsetting, you know, superhero news that, that I've ever hurt. read. Yeah. Um, that one really hurt. I mean, I could understand replacing Gal Gadot, but I really like her as well. Like, I just think, like, you know... Henry Cavill started this universe like we we all kind of grew to love him and he didn't get a fair shake. He really didn't. It's just really a shame. Um, I think, you know, you could really do some good things here. If James Gunn is smart, he could really do some good things here and please everybody. So if this is the route that he's going to take, you know, do not forget about these characters. Do not forget about these people because... Some people really like them, and you have a, a good opportunity to maybe maybe you're not going to make a full movie about them, although I would see it if 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 they did. Oh, duh, but yeah. like, make them a part of the multiverse. Like you know, don't let us don't let it like be the last time that we've seen them, especially Henry Cavill. Um, even if you know there was some talk re- a while back that Brandon Routh's Superman was supposed to get some TV spinoff series after his stint on. You know, the crisis on um, Infinite Earth storyline on the CW. Yeah. yeah. It, and he, he's another guy that didn't get a fair shake. That's I mean, true. some people didn't like Superman Returns. I remember I really liked that at the time. I mean, I think it's it's dated now, but man, he was a spitting image of, of uh, Christopher Reeve. So I think he did really good as Superman. It, maybe it wasn't the best script, but in any case, like he didn't get a fair shake. And um you know, I just again, like I hope uh, the, the next ten years is does well. I'm not, I'm not too concerned with like the maybe the ancillary characters of the DC universe, uh, other than like what we see in maybe the Justice League. Like your, uh, I've never got into Green Lantern as much, but I hope to. Like I really do. Like Green Lantern just never st- stuck for me. But again, like. You know, Marvel did a good job at bringing characters to light that nobody gave a shit about, which was <laughs> most of them, other than Spider-Man, right? I mean, nobody cared about Thor or Captain America or even Iron Man. And now they are, like, holding that franchise up. I mean, they're they're just as popular, even if not more popular, than Spider-Man. Like, see, that's, and that's the brilliance of, you know, uh, some good writing, right? So doing it effectively. And I hope that would be my hope for this... Uh, you know, this future, again, make Darkseid, just make a really good villain in the background. Darkseid is perfect for that. There's a lot of good big bads, good, big, uh, good big bads in this world. I think the Joker should be a part of it. Don't, I, I don't think you should overuse him, but I don't think you should like not use him at all. Like, I think he's, he's a pivotal part of this universe. He is one of the best written villains of all time, in my opinion. Like I want to, I want to see his role in this universe. Not somebody is like in the background, like they kind of did with the DC, DCEU, right? So, yeah. um, so I largely agree with your your plan. I think we're on the same page with that. I think, uh, you know, if that if that comes to light, I, I will be more happy and, and be more accepting of James Gunn. But I think at this point, there's just a lot more questions. You know, like we even we talked about like, where's Peacemaker? in all this the peacemaker tv series are they going to keep that i mean it was largely largely successful it was you know and uh i I enjoyed watching that and james gunn's wife was a big part of that and i Uh i must confess i want to see season two and i think when i checked imdb there's there's a season two that's uh that's at least on there for now yeah and i think it would be a shame to not move forward with that because uh, you know you could make the argument that does it really matter if it's connected to that world or not? You know, they can make a lot of jokes and whatnot, but about it, whatever. I I, I don't think they should get rid of it. 
I take you to the, the season finale of Peacemaker, though. Ezra Miller and Jason Momoa were there, <laughs> along with the silhouettes of Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. And remember, they had the Batman that they cut out, and they had that Superman, who was clearly Henry's Superman, and they just had the silhouettes of them. That's 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 yeah. Snyder's shit, man. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how you continue Peacemaker. I don't like, but I guess that's why they don't pay me to do creative stuff. And if they did, I'd figure out a way to do it. But fuck, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. We just have to yeah, sit back I and I mourn. I mourn. I definitely mourn for this universe. I I think it's like. I don't know if it was the actually the movies that like were bad as much as like the media like influencing people to like determine it's bad because when Thor the Dark World is doing better than a Man of the Steel movie at the box office it just oh my god that doesn't make sense oh my god it really doesn't because Man of Steel is one of my favorite movies like it just it it is a great movie like you can't deny that that just does that's one of those like reviews that just never made sense to me it really doesn't like it is a good solid flick so i don't know i don't know uh what to think but uh, i guess only only time will tell only time will tell is right i mean i mean it is what it is i'm, I'm trying to find the numbers but that's okay if we don't have it we've been talking at nauseam about this today but you know the first set of films from like Man of Steel through Wonder Woman, even uh, like up to Justice League, like including Batman vs Superman, they all made a significant a lot of money better than what their budget was. So it's like it wasn't the movies; people were going to see them, and it had their fans. But to, to Kyle's point, and and I try to look at things rationally, but there was, you know, there was hate, and I loved the first part of the MCU. I do, but to Kyle's point, like everybody loved those first two Thor movies, and even me thinking back on it, I, I feel like Thor is one in one character that they royally effed up outside of Infinity War. Um, so yeah. So anyway, yeah, um, yeah. So we move it along. Uh, you know, The Rock is kind of in disarray too. He may or may not be around. Who the hell knows? Um, he, he posted about it this week. I shared it out at Fourth Motherbox on Instagram. Go go check it out. But um. Uh, one, one last thing I want to say about this, and I've been sharing this on, on Instagram, but with the news and everything, there's, you know, been a, a Justice League, you know, f- a fan, like, film that, that, that are basing it on the um, storyboards that Zack Snyder released of what Justice League Part 2 and 3 would have looked like. Um, and they are calling it just, like, Justice League Continued, part you know, Project Justice League, Justice League Continue. It's releasing on Christmas Day, actually. Um, so it's something that I'm going to check out. And Kyle, if you check out, I'd love to talk about it in the, in the coming weeks because this might be the only thing we get about a continuation of that story, right? But and normally I'm not into the fan stuff like that, but this just looks interesting because they're taking what Zach put you know put together that that idea. So if this is the only way we're going to see it played out, then so be it. I. I think I'm I'm happy to see that. I really think I'm I've I've said this before. I'm always a fan of finishing what you start. Agree. Finish what you start. And and this this like universe barely started. I mean they they really they had many opportunities to fix it, but they instead wanted to focus away from what was popular. Like why focus on Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman and focus more on Birds of Prey? Like why would they do that? You know, you don't give Man of Steel a sequel after fucking 10 years and you're going to release Birds of Prey and Shazam and Black Adam. I mean, I'm not saying that those respective movies, except for Birds of Prey, weren't were bad. But like, you know, don't focus on like the ancillary characters. Focus on the characters that are popular. I wouldn't call and Harley Quinn an ancillary out. character. She's not my well, agreed agreed very much so but like everybody else in that movie was kind of like one of those characters and i don't know how you fucked harley quinn up like harley quinn from my understanding her comic book sales are through the roof i mean they have been for for many years like she's got a lot of great stories but yet they have to like you know like why use what works right why use things that people love that resonate with them and and go with a storyline that nobody cares about why do that i mean harley quinn is a great character 
Margot Robbie's great as Harley Quinn. I want to see her in the future. I hope we do. Um, but yeah, we, who knows? we most likely will. They're not, they're not maxing her. She's like the biggest, she's one of the biggest actresses on the planet right now. So, so was kind of Henry Kemp. Like he's, he's up there now. He is. People lost Margo's her. Way ahead People of still, uh, well, yeah, but I don't know. I, I still feel like people are lo- still losing their minds over like him leaving the Witcher. And I mean, it's like the, the hate is and the anger is 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 very, very real. It's palpable for sure. Would you say the hate is all within your hands? It's uh, it is all within my hands. And that was a good transition Thank into you. a great concert that oh. uh, just happened to pop up on Paramount Plus recently. Hell yeah. I mean, this streamed on Friday night. I was at the Christmas party over at Magic Kingdom, but um, I'm so happy they put it on to be able to watch on, on Paramount Plus because they made it easy to fast forward right through Greta Van Fleet, too. So um, I got right to Metallica. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, just don't like that I band. hate the. I don't like that band. I. You know what? I'll say this. Like, I don't mind that band. Yeah. Like, they sound. They clearly it's they are completely ripping off Led Zeppelin, Thank but you. we don't have yeah. a Led Zeppelin anymore. So, but I mean, they, more Led they Zeppelin is to try. Is too... <laughs> they're, they're not it to try. Like, go away. But I, I my issue is the lead singer. Like, I just like he's got the most punchable face I've ever seen. <laughs> like, and the way he sings is just doesn't. Encourage... It's about right. right? Yeah, yeah, that's. It, it's just like, I don't know. It's. It is what it is. Like I, I hope they like kind of change their style a bit because I, I just, so, I don't know if this has staying power. Like I just don't. Like I think bands are popular because of their unique sound, and they, they sound like Led Zeppelin, you know, like they do. Like I, I don't think I don't know. I don't, I don't see right the like, no, we stop talking about my favorite band. <laughs> They're punching air right now. Uh. Yeah, but I wonder. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, but all within my hands is a charity concert Metallica has been doing the past. I believe they started this in 2019, so that would be three years. Um, don't don't quote me on that one. Um, I actually attended the virtual one in 2020. I paid a little extra to get up on the screen, but that was pretty cool. Um, like the one they streamed. Um, they did one last year in 2021, a little bit before the 40th shows. Then they did one on December 16th, and like Kyle said, we watched it. Um, but before we get into why they had the charity concert, I just Metallica founded the All Within My Hands, their their charity, five years ago in 2017. Um, it's a foundation dedicated to creating sustainable communities by supporting workforce education, the fight against hunger, and other critical local services. So basically, from start to finish, like I, I, my eyes were peeled on every every time they talked about what Metallica was doing with the charity. The only thing I didn't watch on that stream was Greta Van Fleet, um, because ah. I, I was just no, I was truly blown away with what Metallica was doing. And I'm not just saying this by kissing their ass. Like Metallica's actually putting their money to like not saying other charities don't do this, but you know they're they're giving money to basically workforce education that don't require you to get degrees. They're like giving money to people to learn trades to be able to build things with their hands. Like, that's why Mike Rowe was there, right? That's why his charity was working with all within my hands. I think he donated, like, a million bucks or something like that to that event. Like, they're doing something of substance. It's like, and maybe this is a little biased because I don't have one of those fancy degrees, but it's it's just like, wow, it's like, so you don't have to go to college and get in debt, you know, and stuck into a system that's was created to keep us down forever and ever and ever, right? And, and... You, you know, Kyle, I'm sure you can relate on a piece of that debt part, right? Uh, uh, or at least feeling that, that squeeze, like it not, it not being completely easy out of college. I'm not speaking for you, but um, at uh, least, at least as somebody who works, for, as somebody who works for a college, I, I could air this grievance for the next like 10 years. So well, there you go. So, so the, we, we don't, we don't, need, right get, we don't need to go down that path. Exactly. People, you're hearing it right from the source. I mean, like, what do you want me to tell you? And Metallica's out there trying to change the fucking world with their music and what they're doing for the community. So if you want to come at this band, you better come at with, like, receipts that you can actually fucking prove and tell me why they're trying to make this world, like, a worse place. Are they devil music or something? Or did they make you addicted to drugs again? Like, get fucked and back into your great uncle's basement, you asshole. Metallica's actually out there doing shit. Like the fight against hunger, they're giving food to, to impoverished areas, and then they're giving relief 
for natural disasters, too. They actually helped out Florida after Hurricane Ian. I didn't know that. So, like, they're they're doing shit. Like, like, like this band is just not not for not to make money. Like, this concert, every all, all the proceeds, they were auctioning old memorabilia off to fans, and everything was going to this charity. And they even played a set list from start to finish. They played five acoustic songs. Their Black in 2020 version, The Unforgiven, Thin Lizzy cover by the name of Borderline, a UFO cover called It's Killing Me, and then the traditional version of Whiskey in the Jar. And then they went electric for the for the final 6 through 14 songs with, and this song, when I hear it live and when I see them play it live, is always gives me goosebumps, but the Call to Cthulhu, like, my God, that was good. Um, Harvester of Sorrow, Holier Than Thou, they played the acoustic version of All Within My Hands, like the one you're hearing right now, but they played that electrically. Um, they played Creeping Dead. That was so fucking awesome. That was amazing. Like, I, 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 oh, I just go back and watch it to hear that again. They played Creeping Death, they played Enter Salmon, and then they debuted Luxy Turna after a false start <laughs> due to Lars's symbol being fucked up. Um, you know, um, I was having a conversation about Luxy Turna with uh, some buddies over, not this um, last weekend, and we were all talking about it, and one guy was saying, is like, you know, James hits a pretty high note on uh, Luxy Turna when he screams Luxy Turna. And I was like, you know, singing along with this, like I'm just thinking, I'm like, man, that's he's getting up there, you know, with with his uh, range. And I was just like, I wonder how this is gonna sound when he when they play it live. And I was just, I'm just like, I don't know if that's gonna sound good, but man, Papa Hat doesn't disappoint. Like he fucking nailed that song. Like they all did. It yeah, was, it was amazing. It was it was it was great to hear live. Um, and then they close with "Nothing Else Matters" and "Seek and Destroy" like in true Metallica fashion. Um, so. Yeah, that that was all within my hands. It was a great concert on Paramount Plus. Um, go check it out. We're always talking about, you know, Metallica here uh, and forever, <laughs> especially up into leading to that '72 season release. Like, check out their charity too. Like, they've done so much, millions upon millions of dollars since 2017. Like, they're doing good for the community. And if I can get a chance to volunteer one day for all within my hands, I'm gonna start looking for it. I'm actually gonna do it. Like, I don't I don't tend to get involved with charities in general and many you know i put my money where i want to put it but this one and that's probably because i'm a metallica fanboy i don't care but i feel pretty good about you know that. what you you actually can get a part of it um uh, now because actually on amazon you can list what what charity you want to like buy from and there's, they have like a separate page for all within my hands oh interesting and i know you could like at because i did this a long time ago like you can certain products you buy like some of the proceeds will go to that charity, and I think like you know every once in a while I'll see like an update. I'm like you, like you donated like you know based on what your purchases this year, you've donated like twenty four bucks or something like that Alrighty. to the all within hand. So like yeah, look for that on uh, Amazon. I think that's you know I I love seeing this you know from them. They they always seem like they they're giving back, and you can't say that about a lot of bands. And I think because they're the biggest band in the world, they don't have to do this. And, you know, it's kind of like those people back in the day that were uh, making fun of Metallica for going after Napster. It's like, you know, they have a they have a really unique position to help other people. And, yep. and it's great to see that they're doing this because I don't see this coming from a lot of other big name bands. I mean, I'm sh- maybe they maybe they are. I just I just haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and truthfully, Metallica is not like out there putting it in, in your face. They're not like, well, we just did this. I mean, like. They talk about it, and they're actually in the weeds doing it. And obviously, the reason we know about it, the concerts, is because they're just trying to raise awareness and get money where the money needs to be going. And Metallica paid for all that concert, too. Like, every single dime that people paid to those tickets went to charity and went to the foundation and those causes that they were helping. Metallica picked up the tab for the venue that night. They picked up the tab for the road crew and, and like, everything that went along with it. So, you want to talk shit about Metallica? Bring it. I'll gladly have you on this podcast, and we civilly sit there and talk. But I guarantee you, there won't be a single thing you could take them down with. Agreed. Well, Kyle. With that being said, if there isn't anything else on your mind, man, happy Festivus it's for the rest of us. You have a great Christmas, and we'll talk next year before the New Year. Of course, we'll have a special New Year's podcast. But follow us online at Fort or on Instagram at Fourth Mother Box, and we're somewhere on Facebook as well. 
I've been Tom Unker. You guys have been great. We've been the fourth mother box. Make sure you air your grievances to the people who bother you the most, just like Kyle and I did earlier today. But as always, Kyle, I leave you with the words of wisdom to close it out for this Festivus episode. Yeah, I got a few. Uh, one last grievance that I'll share. Mike Norat, not that he's said anything lately, but I just feel like he deserves a peppermint frosty to the face for no reason whatsoever than, than being a, an oversized man turtle or boy turtle or whatever he is. Uh, so if you see him throw a frosty in his face. And secondly, on a more serious note, that we lost the DCEU this year. And for some of us, that's, that's, really, that's really a hard thing. But remember, in the, in, the, in the wise words of a great man once said, love is control. And maybe, maybe 2023 will be the year of DC. 